Hello everybody. Today I'll be reading chapter 9 Avengers 1. Chapter 9 The Quinted Vord into an aircraft carrier stationed off the east coast of the United States. Its pilot brought it in skillfully, using the Quinted's vertical takeoff and landing capability to bring it down near the command superstructure. So the captain's gear, Carl instructed one of the crew members as they disembarked. A red haired woman in civilian clothing with a sidearm and a holster on her left thigh, was coming across the flight deck to meet them. Carlson introduced them. Agent Romanoff, Captain Rogers. Ma'am? Steve nodded. Hi. She says to Steve. To Carlson, she added, They need you on the bridge. That's right in the face, Trace. See you there, Carlson said. As he left, Agent Romanoff started walking with Steve. It's quite a buzz around here, finding you in the ice, she said. I thought Carlson was going to swoon. Did he ask you to sign his Captain America trading cards yet? Trading cards? The vintage. He's very proud. Steve saw Bruce Banner looking at one of the shield fighter jets nearby and called out to him. Dr. Banner? Bruce came over and shook his head. Uh, yeah, hi. They told me he'd be coming. Word is, you can find the cube, Steve said. Is that the only word on me? Bruce asked. Steve knew what his real question was. Only word I care about, he said. He didn't judge Bruce for what the Hulk had done. All that matters was whether the scientists could contribute to the mission. It must be strange for you, all of this, Bruce said, as they walked along the aircraft carrier's flight deck. Well, this is actually kind of familiar, Steve said. He was comfortable in a military setting, and he had been on aircraft carriers before. The Yorktown, the Enterprise, long time ago. Gentlemen, Agent Romanoff said, you might want to step inside in a minute. It's going to get a little hard to breathe. Flight crew, secure the deck. A voice said over the ship's speakers. Is this a submarine? Steve asked. He couldn't imagine an aircraft carrier that could operate underwater. How'd you seal it? Where'd all the planes go? Wouldn't the drag from the water cheer up the fire deck and the gun turrets? Really? Bruce said. Do you want me in a submerged, pressurized metal container? They walked to the edge of the deck and Steve saw he'd had it exactly wrong. The carrier wasn't going down. It was going up. Huge turbines, each 50 yards across, appeared, churning the ocean into froth. Crews ran to lock the planes and places on the flight deck and secure other essential equipment. No, this is much worse, Bruce said. The carrier lifted into the air. Steve couldn't believe what he was seeing. An aircraft carrier that could fly? Welcome aboard the shield helicarrier, Agent Romanoff said. Now, if you'll come with me. Steve and Bruce followed her from the flood deck down to the helicarrier's bridge, which was underwater while it was in naval operation mode. Now, it was a glass-walled, hive of activity, full of officers and command staff. Steve had a moment to look around. The commanding officer appeared to be a bowman with short, dark hair, reeling off orders from near the center of the bridge. Shields emergency protocol in 193.6 in effect, she was saying after a series of status orders and acknowledgements. 
Steve didn't know what protocol that was. At the moment, all he knew was that he was on a flying aircraft carrier. And wasn't that enough? Amazing. Well, level, sir, she said. And that was when Steve saw Nick Fury at his own station. He's overseeing everything, not interfering, trusting his people to do their jobs. Good, he said. Let's vanish, Agent Hale. She nodded. Engage retroreflection panels. The helicopter disappeared from view. From the inside, it didn't look any different. But Steve saw monitors from satellite feeds, and on those, the helicopter had simply become invisible. He corrected himself. He wasn't just on a flying aircraft carrier. He was on an invisible flying aircraft carrier. The future was pretty cool. Was that the word everybody used now? Gentlemen. Fury said in greeting. Steve got out his wallet and handed Fury ten dollars. Fury had won the bed fair and square. Steve was in fact surprised by what he was seeing. Not just surprised, astounded. Fury nodded with just the hint of a smile and stood the bill in his pocket. Doctor, thank you for coming, he said to Bruce. A crew member at a navigation terminal called out the helicopter's altitude. 24,000 feet and climbing towards an operational cruising altitude of 3,000. Thanks for asking nicely, Bruce said. So, how long am I staying? Once we get our hands on the Tesseract, you're in the wind. Bruce nodded. Why are you with that? Fury looked at Carlson who said, We're sweeping every wirelessly accessible camera on the planet. Cell phones, laptops, we're connected to you, satellite. It's eyes and ears for us. They're still not going to find them in time, Major Romanov said. Bruce seemed to agree. You have to narrow your field. How many spectrometers do you have access to? How many are there? Fury asked, meaning that shield could get access to all of them if necessary. Call every lab you know. Tell them to put the spectrometers on the roof and calibrate them for gamma rays. I'll rough out a tracking algorithm basic cluster recognition. Or at least we can root out a few places that way. Bruce had taken off his jacket. Now he's rolling up his sleeves. You have somewhere for me to work? Agent Romanoff? Phoebe called. She looked over. Show Dr. Banner to his laboratory, please. You're going to love it, Doc, she said, as she led him off the bridge. You've got all the toys. In Loki's hideout... Eric Selvig was receiving a new shipment of supplies and parts. Put over there, he ordered as a group of technicians wheeled in the crates. He was putting the final touches on the machine Loki had commissioned him to create. Where did you find all these people? he asked Barton, who was tapping at a tablet nearby. S.H.I.E.L.D. has no shortage of enemies, Doctor, Barton said. Is this the stuff you need? Yeah, Aerodium. It's found in meteorites, Selvig explained. It forms anti-protons. It's very hard to get hold of. Especially if S.H.I.E.L.D. knows you need it. Barton commented. Well, I didn't know. Barton's comment made Selvig a little defensive. It wasn't like he had planned to need a vision when he'd gone to work in New Mexico three days ago. But he brightened as he saw Loki approach. Hey, the Tesseract has shown me so much. Selvig struggled to find words that would convey what his experience working with the cube it's more than knowledge, he said. It's truth. I know, Loki said. What did he show you, Agent Barton? Barton turned to Loki. My next target. Loki nodded. Tell me what you need. Barton took one of his bows out of a case and snapped it into shape with a flick of his arm. I need a distraction, he said. And an eyeball.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Avengers 1.